Are you the quantum mechanics? Yes, we are the quantum mechanics. We're the paranormal podcast that has a little tinker under the hood of the strange and uh, the unexplained. And Ben, what strange unexplainedness have you got for us this week? Well, I've been seeing double this week because we're going to have. You've been on the whiskey again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is lockdown, and you know it is it is a Monday, so yes, proper lock lock in and lockdown. when I say doppelganger, what do you think? Do you, you probably think about someone that looks a bit like you, right? Yeah, I think of, um, you know, walking or sitting on a... Uh, you get these things on the internet, don't you? People sat kind of opposite each other on a tube train and they look pretty much identical and they're wearing very similar things and it's just a, a bit like a, just one of those things, a bizarre coincidence, but I'm not sure that's what you're referring to. No, well, that, I think that is what happens. You find a lot of that if you start searching for doppelganger, which is, by the way, a concatenation of two German words meaning double walker, which I'd never really thought of before. I thought it just meant double face or something, but Makes no, sense, double walker. Yep. Um, and I did find a reference to February 2010. There was a internet meme called Doppelganger Week, um, which resulted in lots of people trying to find celebrities they look like and stuff. But that right. that's not interesting, and that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the thing that seemed to me a bit like quicksand in the 80s. It seemed to be everywhere, and there was there was going to be a doppelganger that was going to come and get you because it was always a symbol right. of something, your own demise, basically. So sort of very akin to when we were talking about uh, predictive paranormal entities like banshees it feels similar to that it's yeah you you see it and it foretells your own death but i was wondering where that came from and why it is so because it is a bit of a a strange thing and what are those other entities it's almost like you're running into your own ghost um and so i started fishing around and looking to see if I could see any uh, if anyone had sort of reinvented the genre for modern filmmaking and it turns out apart from a couple of such appalling films that I didn't even start them because they just weren't worth it I did find that in Roman times this is the first recorded mention of doppelganger in show business if you like there's a play called The Ears of Hermes written by the Roman playwright Platus and he uses that device in the story. He uses a supernatural doppelganger to um, he, who tricks other characters in the play. And, right. um, but it's not, it's not sounding like a ghost that looks like you. It, it, I, I, am I getting that wrong? It feels like it, you could, it would look like your identical twin rather than a ghost, or is it, is it, yeah, could that's, it be a ghost well, as well? Yeah, we're sort of getting onto that because, yes, in that play, because it's a play and it's a Roman play and people have to be... When it's a comedy, they have to be put into compromising situations. Um, you know, who I misses, but um, <laughs> I'm thinking of Frankie Howard now, yeah, which is very, very, very like that. Yes, he does trick, he does trick somebody into doing that. Um, uh, but late, later on, I was looking for real references to people who had actually seen doppelgangers, uh, of either themselves or of somebody else. And some of the stories and the claims are more remarkable than you might imagine, and they include a lot of famous people. So the first one that I 
found was from 1603, Queen Elizabeth I. Mm. Apparently she saw her own doppelganger lying in her bed, motionless, and she herself... Well, that, she was quite pale, so she it could have been a ghost. She just wouldn't have known, right? Right, right. Well, she... <laughs> you, that's um, pr- pretty... It's interesting you should say that because she described what she saw as being as pallid, shivered, right. and wan. So right. apparently she was pretty shocked. And she didn't know what to uh, attribute this to. So apparently... She wasn't one to... She didn't indulge stories of apparitions and spirits and superstitions. Right. But she knew that there was a folklore that this was not a good sign. And the story has it that she died soon afterwards. Now, mm. that story is relayed not by her, but by people who spoke to her. So there is a bit of a third-hand thing yep. going on in there. And it is possible, I think, that... If the Queen is going, then maybe it occurred to me that maybe you wouldn't say Her Majesty's on her deathbed. You might say she's had a terrible vision which portents her own death. You know, that might be a more political way of saying it. But still. Let the people down gently. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, But I thought that was, it was kind of an interesting way all, all those hundreds of years ago that that's. That's what people were thinking, and and you you went back to your Roman times. So mm. uh, your play that you were talking about, mm. uh, it's probably hard to tell that far back. But did it seem to you the play was introduced the concept of it, or there was some kind of mythological basis for it? No, it seems to be that there was a mythological basis for it, and and there seems to be a lot of different ways in which that comes about that nobody can seem to agree on it's almost like a romantic type of um, notion that you see yourself and then you die but i couldn't pinpoint any one story in particular which did it i suspect it started off as a bit of a a word of mouth thing and then as it was reported and written down yeah, it grew and like you, said, you said it, it does sound sounds very banshee like, and it doesn't. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe you'll get onto this, but there isn't some kind of set route that happens once you've seen it. I would think it's just something. Something bad was how you described it, and that's probably how it continues. It's a wide genre. It is a wide genre. Yes, yes. Um, Interestingly, staying with the royal family, the, 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 I think this is this is an interesting one. Uh, the Empress of Russia, Catherine the Great, it said that um, she was woken one night by servants who were very surprised to find her in bed because they thought the Tsarina was in the throne room. So right. she gets furious about this. Is that and... like the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the real, no, the, real the, thr- the real throne room. Yeah, it's because I haven't got one. I didn't know. Carry on, sorry. <laughs> um, she, so she decides to go and look for herself. And when she gets there, she does indeed see herself sitting in her own throne. Wow. And the story goes that she orders the guards to shoot at what she thinks is 
an imposter, basically. She doesn't think there's anything yep. particularly paranormal about it. Um, and then she dies of a stroke a few weeks after that. Now, I sort of put those two stories together because, again, it feels like royal family, a lot of mystique, particularly yeah. when we're talking somebody as powerful as Catherine the Great. It's difficult to know. And again, these these particular stories, when I look into them, it does seem like there was more than one person from her court who told the same story. But I would say if you are working in the court of uh, a Tsarina, you probably do whatever she tells you to do. Yeah, you're not going to argue, are you? Especially when she's shooting at things. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And it, I thought that was quite an extreme reaction. If you see your own double to shoot them, like I know that. Well, there's... but then, but then, I, sorry, I'm kind of interrupting no, no. you, but they, they, um, it reminded me about the man in the Iron Mask, though, or or the Prince and the Pauper. Those those two tales. It kind of. I think if I was royalty and I saw someone who looked exactly like me, I'd want to get them out of the way. They might have a claim over the throne because they might be a twin that you didn't know about. Or they oh, might yeah. be able to usurp you, take your throne, and, you know, you've got one of those. Which one's a real one and which one isn't? So I, I, it, back in those days, I'd have probably got them to shoot at my doppelganger. Yeah. I, think I, I, I hadn't. I hadn't thought of that. That is a very good point. The man in the iron mask thing. That is a very, very interesting analogy. Yes, yes, that's fascinating. But, but in both those cases you talked about with the the, the uh, with our two royalty there, mm. it seems like it did foretell their death a bit like a banshee did. On it both absolutely, those examples. absolutely, and both of them were so. Um, Catherine died of a stroke, and it was just weeks after that uh elizabeth was a little bit sooner uh than that but yeah it was kind of like there is there is sort of no coming back from it for for those two people that it ended badly the these are these are obviously i'm picking the most famous um cases here because they're the the most uh yeah. the most well documented yeah there's a story about reg he bumped into another reg in yeah. the betting shop <laughs> <laughs> I'd stick with the famous ones, Ben. You're on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, like when we were talking about shooting a doppelganger, there is there is a woman in the supermarket where I live, and I see her. Well, not very often now because we're we're in lockdown. But I used to go in there every Friday after work to get supper for the weekend, and I would see her probably half the time, and she looked the spitting image of my mum. The absolute spitting image, so much so that your whole brain is saying, "You should, you should go over," even though you absolutely know it isn't. So maybe <laughs> I should have just shot her. <laughs> that Oof. might have made it easier. There's some Freudian shit to unpack there, Ben. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, My mother is still I, alive and well. I, I got this vision of um, <laughs> you just at the checkout, and them saying that will be twelve pounds fifty, and you go, "Thanks, Mum." <laughs> that would just be so <laughs> awkward. <laughs> <laughs> it's like calling your teacher mum, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you, my eyes aren't what they were. In that very same supermarket probably two years ago, I saw a woman carrying in her handbag a little tiny puppy dog. Right. Um, like, maybe like a dachshund. And you, obviously you're not supposed to really have dogs in British supermarkets. I thought, oh, she snuck him in, but he's got his head above the top. So... I went over, and as you do with a puppy, or as I do with a puppy anyway, 
I said, oh, do you mind if I say hello? And I reached down to tickle its ears to discover it was her gloves. And <laughs> I, I'd left my glasses in the car and I just decided to wing it, but I never did again. I just go honest your honor <laughs> I, I i did say to her i'm really sorry i thought you had a small dachshund in your bag <laughs> did she find it funny or was she just I, completely freaked she, out she didn't scream but i think she thought i was a <laughs> bit is, weird which is a result and and i left and got takeaway that night that's a true story that's really funny i would go <laughs> you just have to go you don't want to be following her around the supermarket after that oh no you? exactly could you imagine it'd oh. be awful <laughs> you go, i've just got to go talk to my mum over there <laughs> <It's> behind <laughs> the till so like you're just completely crazy <laughs> there, there, somewhere there is this woman telling about the time this crazy man came up to her to stroke her gloves oh i hope she's listening send if you're listening please just drop us a line because we'd love to we'd love to embarrass Ben further with this story. Yeah, use the hashtag cool. gloves not dogs. Yeah, gloves not dogs. I can't even say that word. Daxons. Daxons. Sausage dog. They're the ones. Um, so look, let's roll on with our famous doppelgangers. Can I preempt something, or maybe oh, we'll get maybe we'll get onto this. Um, so if we if we are going to get onto it, I keep thinking parallel universe. Oh, yeah. Are we going to get on to that? Well, yes. So, um, yeah, that, then we get on to the theories of what this is, yes. Okay, fine. Yes. You carry on with the stories. I knew I was jumping the gun. No, 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 but you're, you're right. Um, Abraham Lincoln, uh, he saw his own doppelganger. Honest Abe. Honor on what? Honest Abe, don't they call him? Honest Abe, that's right, Honest yeah. Abe, yes. So he wouldn't lie about it. No, no, that's right. No, I thought you said on his date. <laughs> Maybe he was on a date. <laughs> it was the night of his first election, apparently. And I think this is a story that our American listeners might know because it is one of the tales told about him that he basically sits down on a couch in one of his hallways and he turns in the direction of a mirror and he sees his own face, but twice. And he sees next to him is this doppelganger looking pale and ghostly, making eye contact with him back from the mirror. And he springs up and looks around, can't see anything, sits down, and there it is again. And his wife, Mary, sees it as well. Now, Mary interprets this event to mean that the doppelganger was his dead self. Um, But he would... Uh, die in his second term now i think that's a little bit sort of that's too soon isn't it's, it yes it's a bit stretching it that that is what maybe she said yeah. but that is what happened obviously and i'm sorry did he did he he recounts this story or was this he recounts count? this story yes right yeah. he doesn't seem like a guy who would make something like that up no no well i mean on it honest abe as you say yeah honest abe wow but that would freak you out, though, wouldn't it? Kind of that. There's something about weirdly seeing you. Ugh, this sounds really odd, but I find that more spooky seeing a second you in a mirror than I would seeing a second me not in a mirror. And that, I don't, I don't know why. I don't. don't know well, why mirrors I'm are spooky that. anyway, aren't they? Yeah, maybe that's it. There's something kind of. Maybe it's growing up with you know mirror, mirror on the wall and all that stuff that you kind of do. 
somehow put some supernatural... But maybe it's back to that thing we did on uh, Objects of Evil. There's something about an inanimate object that has something supernatural going on that seems weirder than seeing a ghost to me. Yeah, yeah. But also, I think these... The, the reason I think it's interesting is that he doesn't he doesn't really have a reason to make this up um well, exactly he has a lot of reason not to because if you're the president you don't want anyone questioning your kind of even back in those days questioning your mental abilities or health right yeah that's right yeah that's, yeah yeah so i think like i like that story but I will I will caveat it by saying that I do understand again there's a lot of romanticism around Abraham yep. Lincoln and, yep. and and all of that. Um someone that there isn't a lot of romanticism around I would argue because I'd never heard of him but um having a little look I see that he for some people he would be um well known. Have you come across the British MP Carne Rash who was uh no. he was I- uh, a, a parliamentarian in um, the first few years of the 1900s. He must have had a terrible time at school. Yes. <laughs> Can't I see your rash? Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I'd not heard of him. Um, well, he was apparently very well respected and he was also an excellent debater. Um, but in 1906, he came down with the flu or some other similar disease. But the point is he was bedridden for some time and certainly nobody expected to see him turning up for a parliamentary debate right and yet a fellow parliamentarian sir gilbert parker spotted him in parliament during this debate that they were wishing that he had turned up to and he sits down next to carnet and says oh i hope you're feeling better but carnet gives no reaction at all Um, And Gilbert assumes, well, he's just concentrating on the debate. Um, You know, that is not unusual for his style, apparently. But he, after a few moments of passing the debate, he turns back round to look at Carney and the seat is empty. Gilbert searched all over Parliament, through the lobby, no avail. But he wasn't the only person to have seen Carney rash that evening. There were other people who gave stories of seeing him in the uh, in the parliamentary chamber, mm. and in fact, Carney Rash, once he was fully recovered and found out about the incident, he wrote uh, a sort of half-joking newspaper article about how uh, he was so his will to participate was so strong that his spirit was forced to attend on his wow. behalf. Ah, that's a great concept. And the thing about this one is, he didn't die. Okay, so that breaks the mould of what we've talked about. Right, so there's almost like a bilocation type of thing going on with that one. Um, What's interesting about that story, which I was thinking of, um, so he didn't speak in the debate, because that would have been amazing. Because they'd be, no, I think it's Hansard, isn't it, where they they log everybody who speaks and what they say. That's right. Yes. I wonder if they there's so. I know in the Lords, the House of Lords. So again, for those outside the UK, there's the House of Commons with elected MPs, and there's another chamber which is the House of Lords, which are um, appointed rather than elected. So there's two different houses in the House of Lords, the unelected one. 
I know they kind of sign in, don't they? And there's a register of if someone, if Lord whatever's in the building. I think because less of them turn up all the time. I don't know if they did that in the House of Parliament then, because that would be interesting if there was an official record of him being there. Yeah, no, that's right. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure that there is. Um, yeah. None of the stories say there are. But I thought his story because when you start looking into this, you start feeling like that there is definitely more than one kind of doppelganger. And I think they might be sort of uh, different elements of whatever the, um, whatever the paranormal or scientific explanation is, because there is also um, a bunch of saints who were known to bilocate and they did very much what Rash did in that uh, incident in Parliament. So, for example, example Saint Padre Pio, who is relatively well known. I think he died in 1968. He became famous worldwide for his psychic gifts, including by location. And he would, at some points, be both in the church where he worked and also in somewhere else in the country, giving a um, wow. a, a session. You know, give, giving a preaching session. Yeah. And um, that's the one, a sermon. And um, is this why he's a saint because of that? Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, 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 okay. And and there is loads of um, reported eyewitness reports of him showing up in different places all over the world. And in fact, it is true that uh, this is undisputed. He did start help. He did help start many prayer groups around the world. And the conventional explanation was that he was like meditating and helping people find God. But the people in those locations said, no, he actually turned up. Wow. Um, and there's 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 more like that, but their stories are pretty much um, roughly the same. So in those cases, no harm becomes them. They appear to um, be the same person. Sometimes they're able to interact, sometimes not like Rash. Well, it's interesting, it does, again, we we often talk about definitions, but it's interesting whether, so the early parts of your stories were people seeing themselves as a double, mm-hmm. whereas these later stories are, you know, they're not, seen, they're not seeing themselves or they're not seen in the same place. And I wonder if those are different phenomena. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah I, think, I think that's probably right. Um. And so after all of that, I thought, well, wonder what's happened to um, modern day doppelgangers. Yep. And so, of course, I looked in my favourite forums and um, I found a few very interesting uh, pieces. And a little bit like that, um, the Jots episode we did, they're not all like, um, you know, the, I saw uh, the the body of a saint or a queen uh and double they're just really subtle things so i found this one or he warned me not to step out into the road it's not they're not big ones like that no no that's right no (coughs) um this one i found this is just a very small comment i found on um it's a, a texas website that doesn't really talk about anything paranormal but a thread got 
started and i thought this was a really good story so this is um unfortunately this is submitted anonymously but it does take part it, it does take place in san benito in texas uh, he says, this happened when I was 11 years old back in San Benito. My older sister was supposed to do the dishes, but convinced me to wash them instead. So when I finished to get back at her, I decided to scare her. And this is where it got strange. Well, I heard her and saw her in the bedroom. So I put some clothes on a hanger in the closet and counted to three in my head. When I jumped out to scare her, she had an expressionless look on her face. I don't know what made me look to the side, but as I did... I saw my sister hanging up clothes on the clothesline outside. I ran for my life uh, outside and told her what had happened, but she didn't believe me. Ooh. And that's... That's kind of kind of eerie. Also makes me think, um, we should say, we've got, we've got a lot of listeners in Texas. So thank you, everyone from Texas. But I'm starting to worry now. We may only have half as many as I think. <laughs> they might all be <laughs> doppelgangers. <laughs> Yeah, I, <coughs> do advertisers accept doppelgangers as, I mean, as counting as a listener? Yeah, um, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah I, I, again, I think because you know, I always think with these forum ones when they've got this kind of incredible narrative that are almost like a, I don't know, like an Edgar Allan Poe short story. I always get a bit kind of nervous, but it's those kind of stories where there is just something odd happens that I think have got more credibility. Often. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I I like that kind of because you get this uncanny valley feeling about it. So here's here's another one which is just very subtle but again uh it appears like it's a it's a classic doppelganger story. This this one I found on Reddit. Again quite short I live in a boarding school, uh, sorry, I lived in a boarding school my entire teenage life, starting from 12 years old. And this one is from when I was about 12 or 13. I went back home for the weekend, and when I came back, a junior I see from time to time approached me and asked why I, in inverted commas, was standing in front of the toilet's mirror, probably around 6 or 7pm on the Saturday, wrapped in a towel and didn't answer her when she greeted me. I just kept looking at the mirror and that freaked her out, so she had to go to another toilet. I told her I was home the entire weekend and just got back that very day, and that poor girl's face turned pale right away. Wow. Um, and then... Well, that's, that's in a little bit of a chill. It's the mirrors. It's another mirror one. There's, there's, there's two mirrors. Yes, it is log, two mirrors. Log, log the mirrors. Yes, yeah. Which kind of makes sense because you are looking at your image in a mirror, so there's lots of connections there. And then um, finally, I found this one, which I've condensed down a little bit. But um, this one I found in a, um, a Jim Harold's campfire book. So I'm a, a big fan of his his show, and yeah. um, I, I loved this story. And I I reread it, and um, I'll I think this this is also a more scary doppelganger story so what in as i say massively condensed but in essence teenage boy 17 18 can drive can go to work comes home after spending the entire night out when he wasn't supposed to and tries to sneak in without his parents seeing and as he goes in he realizes that his dad has already gone to work and his his mum is seemingly furious with him and 
he starts to get breakfast and she says, I can't believe you did that last night. And he thinks he's in trouble for staying out the night. And he was like, look, I'm really sorry. I stayed at this guy's house. We weren't up to anything, but I just fell asleep. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, you, you shouldn't you shouldn't come back at two in the morning, bashing the door down. Your father, you woke him up. He had to go f- to work. And so he he gets out of her this story that he had turned back home at two o'clock in the morning. Raised, raised Mary Hell bashing on the door, and then when when his parents had answered the door, he'd walk straight past them up to his bedroom and slam the door. So he is obviously freaked out. Goes upstairs, checks his room. Everything is as it was. So he thinks, oh, "This is Mum. She's making stories up." So he drives to the hardware shop where his dad works. And his dad is also furious with him. He says, you know, I'm not going to talk to you now. I'll talk to you when I get home. It's completely unacceptable. And he's so he he gets his friend's number and he puts him through to his friend and he says, ask him. And so his dad has a conversation with him and eventually is convinced that he did spend the night there. And something got into the house pretending to be him. I, I, I... We say this a lot on this podcast, and I think we've done it on Vardia and the Banshees and various other ones that we've done. To what end? I don't. To what end? What, yes. <laughs> what is, I mean, I get, I get the you know the Banshee esque ones where it's kind of, yeah, giving you a a, a premonition of something awful or your death. You know, I'm sure we'll get on to the parallel university type stuff. But, you know, a yeah, drunken what, version of you coming home and kind of being noisy and going to bed. It's just, yeah, it's bizarre. It's incredibly bizarre. But I really like that that notion of these... Well, it goes back to the trickster spirit. Yeah. So those... Those early encounters, I do like. I don't think they're entire lies, but uh, and it's probably clear that there is a tradition of if you see your doppelganger, things um, will turn out badly for you, as I say. But it, I do think those are more romanticized encounters. That whole thing of Mary speaking very precisely about what she thinks this means for Abe's second term and all that sort of stuff. That yeah. all seems like that is packaged on later. And what I like about these stories from forums and other shows is they're completely raw. There is no reason to make them up. Nobody gets paid for them. And they're quite subtle. Nothing bad really seems to happen. Yeah. But And, and you go, why? And you just go, well you know like it's maybe it's yes and it, it could be the trickster like when um i was reading about the girl in the boarding school there that just made me think of like well it's harry potter's moaning myrtle yeah. and you know yeah. she her character delights in scaring some of the kids in there and you know maybe you know that is that's possibly a motivation you know why and, not and the mirror i can't remember what it's called but there's that mirror isn't it where you look into it and it shows you what exactly what you want or Eris you know. said yeah that's what i said um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah there's that mirror so the Eris said mirror um yeah so you can see 
you can see how, and I think I think we had it a bit when we did the. I think there was a bit in the Houdini book. We did the Houdini thing the other week about um, how I can't remember exactly what his quote was, but he was saying it's you know the human ability to every time a story gets told to enhance it a little bit and add a new bit and add a new bit. But maybe that's coming back to some of these stuff that you find on the forums and that are just really simple, oh, this weird thing happened. And maybe that's why we find them more believable because they're, it doesn't feel like they've been enhanced either subconsciously or consciously over time. Yeah, no, that's that's right. So I think now, now we sort of know what it's about, we could speculate on whether they're real or not but i would like to draw your attention to an article i discovered new scientist magazine from january 2017 and the title of it is mapping the multiverse how far away is your parallel self right and the very first line of the article says some of your doppelgangers mimic your every thought and action only with a snazzier haircut. Some live in a world where the Nazis won the Second World War or where dinosaurs survived or where things fall up instead of down. They're not here, they're not in this universe, but they are out there. And they and every possible world exists along with all the infinite versions of you. Now, this is obviously a cut-down article from a massively difficult-to-understand scientific paper that i thought i would impress you with by understanding but it is so long and so difficult and so full of maths that i then do string theory for beginners oh lordy but (laughs) what i then um i think the way that i understand it and i think this is probably the the way to explain it is um in hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy they talk about how it's very similar to what I just said there. Douglas Adams has this theory, this this thing that anything that is possible can and will happen in yeah. the in the world. There's a he writes about a tree that grows monkey wrenches, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. What this theory says is that is true to an extent, but there are only a certain number of ways of arranging um a finite uh sorry, a finite way of arranging atoms even in an infinite universe so yes there will be other worlds where um there are animals that we don't know about and things other things we don't know about but because of the sheer enormous infinite scale of it the the nature has to build other versions of us because it runs out of different ways of building things that's essentially the way i understood it and although that sounds a little bit nuts and you go well that can't be true He's kind of he's crunched the numbers, and uh, in, the number of infinity is incredibly large. <laughs> so, yeah. but uh, to be honest, when you're saying that, I don't think that bit does sound incredibly nuts. I kind of buy that. The bit that sounds incredibly nuts is given that huge number that somehow, through whatever process, you'd end up bumping into yourself. I mean, right. the odds of that just seem ridiculously impossible if you believe the premise. Well, they do, but I think it also depends on which 
model of the universe you're looking at. So I'm not necessarily talking about um, millions of planets sort of all on our timeline in our 3D reality that you could, if you had a fast enough spaceship, fly to and meet yourself. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about right. inter interrelated dimensions that overlap with each other. Cat. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. And so if you are in interrelated and interconnected dimensions that usually don't see each other because they're on, and I say different planes, without being able to give a sufficient explanation of what that is, but I think, you, you know, go go and read that paper. <laughs> I can't. But um, <laughs> what we're talking about is almost like an interference into our our plane and when you say like when you have the story of with abe lincoln looking at himself and then standing up and he can't see himself well maybe maybe there is another abe lincoln doing exactly what he's doing that evening and there was just you know to use that phrase a glitch in the matrix and they saw each other wormhole connection or something yeah exactly exactly but it does make you think it comes back to our kind of simulated universe kind of teenager playing a game and we're all part of a simulation because it that seems maybe it's easier concept to grasp but the fact that in the game you know, a bit like when we go going back to um, the Vardiga and the Banshees episode, I remember you told the story of the woman with the travel clock. Who oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. Which is, is I, I, th- I think about that story a lot. So this is the story that I won't do the whole story. Go back and listen to the episode. But uh, a lady goes on holiday she or work and she has a travel clock, can't find it, uh, gets back home and she finds a travel clock, but it's not the one that she had. And then she goes downstairs and finds the other one. So now she's got two clocks. Um, we joked at the time that, yeah, well, that's some kid in the computer game who's had to buy another one because she's lost the first one. But so now she's got two because they've had to create another one within the game to replace the old one. And, and the replacement one that she temporarily had was a poor imitation. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's not, you know, if you apply that theory to a doppelganger, that works as well. I mean, you know, game over. You know what I mean? Oh, you get an extra life character coming back, all that stuff. And a paler imitation, or maybe you kind of, as in gameplay, maybe you lose all the little additional bits that you've gained over your time playing the game and have to go back and start from scratch. Maybe that's why you're a bit kind of pale looking if you're... uh, if you if you're royalty so what you're saying there reminds me of an extraordinary book i read probably 2 years ago and i can't remember the full details of it but anthony peak it's called the daemon d a e m o n nothing to do with demons or anything like that it's subtitled a, uh, a guide to your extraordinary secret self and what he claims is what we are doing, like you're talking about the child playing the video game, his theory is um, that the daemon, and he uses it, the reason he calls it that is because it's a uh, an older word which can refer to like a, a third-party player. He talks about how um, essentially our bodies are avatars. There is something 
controlling them and we keep playing the same game again and again and what we're seeing is like a holographic film playing and it goes into all sorts of kind of holographic universe theories and stuff like that but it, it essentially beyond all of those very nuanced and different parts of um, what he's saying what his essential message is very similar to what you're saying saying there is um you know it's it's a simulation and it's um and it's something that we can do again and again weirdly actually Mm. there was a story this week i don't know if you saw this um i've got it here actually it was uh in the sun this week uh which is a uk tabloid newspaper um uh you can tell it's a sun article because it starts with the words Bonkers Boffin claims there's a 50-50 chance we're living a computer simulation Mm. in a mind-blowing study. Scientists from Columbia University in the US claims it is not too far-fetched to suggest our reality is a computer simulation created by a highly advanced civilization. This might sound like the plot to The Matrix or even The Sims video game, but it's actually based on work from researchers from around universities. Uh, Astronomer David Kipping from Columbia University came to the 50-50 conclusion after re-evaluating a 2003 paper by the University of Oxford philosopher Nick Bostrom. Uh, in that paper, aptly named Are We Living in a Computer Simulation, Botsam theorised that it is likely we are living in one. He also suggests that civilizations usually go extinct before they can become developed enough to create their own reality or just don't have an interest in creating one. Kipling looked into these three concepts, which are known as Bostrom's trilemma. He turned the trilemma into dilemmas by collapsing the last two points into one. He then theorised that we're living in a simulation, or we aren't, so the chance is 50-50. However, huh. the scienti- so the scientists think if humans ever created advanced simulation tech, that the chance of us living in a simulation ourselves would be higher. So that's interesting. I see, yeah, that makes sense. Wow. Well, in that case, then that adds credence to the kind of um, faulty code. Someone hasn't got their code QC'd properly. Yeah, yeah. A glitch in the matrix rather than it's an integral part of the game. Yeah, right, right. Which kind of makes sense because if it was an integral part of the game, surely it would be happening all the time. Or some sign of it would be there all the time. There'd be some ghost ghost kind of echo. I mean, I don't want to labour the point, but of course, um, a lot of games these days, as we understand them, are, you know, they're, they're narrative built. They, they are scripted and you go on a narrative. And if, like I kept talking about how those, um, those two sightings by the two royal uh, members of uh, the household, if they were part of a a game with a narrative and that the the writer of that narrative had decided to make them um, more romantic and uh, sort of ethereal. Maybe they would have programmed in that they see themselves before they die. That's not at all an impossible thing to do. That's what it's it's a device you would use in a film. Yeah. Same, same with Abe really with Abe as well. Yeah. Cause it's, it's a, a hero character and you want to give them some kind of you know twist or elevation maybe above everyone else which Every is why time... which would also if you're going to follow that thread would 
be the reason why the kind of the everyday reddity ones are more more glitchy. Yeah, 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 totally. And if we say Abraham Lincoln one more time, I'm going to have to, after this, go and play Electric Six and Gay Bar because that is <laughs> literally all that I can see in my head. Every time I say that word, that's what happens. <laughs> Fair enough. So that's, n- so that's not a glitch in the Matrix. No, no, no. That's just because it's one of the greatest videos ever to have been created for a music uh, a musical act. But there we go. Um, so, gosh, we've gone a long way in that and it's it's very much an overview but i do think for anyone that is interested those books those papers don't just write doppelgangers off as something that happened to queens or happened in scooby-doo or happens on facebook there's probably more to it than that but also don't go and stroke another lady's gloves in waitrose there you go sorry can before we go can we come back yeah to parallel universes, I'm yeah. not. I'm not pressurizing you on your paper that no, you no, that sure. you studied. So, if you take, let's go back to your. Uh, I can't remember where they were. Whether was it the guy in Texas that saw his sister? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of how that would fit into a parallel universe scenario so so that bit is basically we're saying it's like schrodinger's cat so i think many of you will be familiar with it it was a thought experiment where you put a cat in a box with some poison you can't see in the box and the poison could be released or may not be released but there is a point where you can't see in the box where the theory is schrodinger's theory is that the cat must be both alive and dead, but in different universes at the same time because there are two possible outcomes, right? Yeah, that's right, yeah. So well, is that what... it, it, it's, it's in a state of superposition, I should say. That's yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Until you've revealed the outcome. Right. So, so that, what he was trying to do with that thought experiment was show you that... Um, the the splitting of of multiple universes so his idea was that every time there was a decision to be made one universe went off with one where the cat was dead and one went off where it wasn't dead and the inflection point of that universe uh diverging from each other is that state of superposition where it's impossible to know yeah which means there is some connection there so again i'm no I'm no scientist, but you could probably argue that those, the two, the parallel universes are, we kind of think of them as these massive expansive spaces, but they could be quite close together. Yeah. If not on top absolutely. of each other. Right? Yes. Yes. Which is, completely. which is a theory in itself, isn't it? Yes. Um, oh, I yes. Keep, and on the other ones, I keep thinking of, um, of Ruth Roper Wilde when she was talking about when people, so both Houdini and Ruth Roper Wild that these stories can get exaggerated, but Ruth saying that if you, I, I, I've, I've, I'm sorry, Ruth, I'm not getting your words exactly right, but the point she was making is if you had five people in a room and showed them something supernatural, they'd all have a different opinion of what it was. You know, someone mm. would say it was a black-eyed kid, someone say it was a ghost, someone say it was know, an alien, it was a, yeah, it was an alien or whatever. 
Um, so I wonder when people see doppelgangers whether they are just interpreting something else and uh. making it a doppelganger. I don't know if that says they're incredibly narcissistic, so they see themselves. Or, you, do you know what I mean, though? They could just be somehow projecting or portraying that's what they've seen in the style that Ruth was talking about. Just one person says it's an alien, one person says it's a cryptoid, one person says, no, it was me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that is another possible one. And, and I think probably with all of these things the explanations are a mixture of all of them yeah well it's... i wonder also in this whether there are categories as well which may not even be the same phenomenon so your royalty ones seem more premonitiony like a banshee you know some of the the abe lincoln one seems a bit more sci-fi to me you know the mirror ones yeah and then you've got the real simple glitch in the matrix type ones as well they could be all completely different things couldn't they Oh, a hundred percent, and yeah. a bit of bit of Ruth's kind of projecting your own kind of vision onto it. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I think those ones where, um, like those ones from the the Reddit threads and the um, the the Texan contributor there, they almost verge on um, like more traditional ghost stories as well. Yeah, and uh, it's only like it's completely possible that the people that they're seeing only look like the people they think they're looking at yeah and maybe that um you know it's just it's just a regular haunting there are so many possibilities in yeah. this and this is why it's so it's so hard you, you remember um christopher joseph saying that he thought that um when he started writing about jeff the mongoose he would solve the conundrum but the more you dig into it, the more mysterious it gets. And this is exactly what happens when you start looking into doppelgangers. You think, oh, it's just going to be people that look like them. Or it's just going to be people that made it up because they were smoking too much opium back in the 1700s. But no, it's a lot more It's a lot more complicated and it's a lot more serious than that. Oh, well, my worry now is I'll send you a text tomorrow. And so, yeah, really enjoyed that doppelganger episode, Ben. And you'll say, what doppelganger episode? <laughs> Wasn't me. My fear is because we're now recording in October in the UK and behind you, all I can see this is, is these bla- black, big patio <laughs> windows. And I just don't want to see f- your face peering around there. <laughs> that would be awful. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> well, no, no, like, no, who no, am I'm I joking. talking to? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, everyone's a critic. <laughs> <laughs> well, <coughs> that was, I enjoyed that. That was a good, good debate. It's making me want to do, and we keep saying we will, and I've got a couple of them now. Um, banked for when we do. I think we need to do another thing on Jots, just one of those things. Okay. And I think, you know, I mean, if anyone listening to this has got doppelganger stories, brilliant, send them in. But also if you've got just one of those things, Jots-type stories, you know, simple things where strange coincidences, weird stuff that's happened, just drop us a line, let us know, because we've, we, I mean, we've got a few lined up, but I really want to do another episode on that. And it seems in the similar territory to this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, there must be, there must be something that connects them. But I think those, those jot stories are so, 
they're so delightful because they're so they're so innocent that's what i like about them yeah fascinating well thank you there was a lot to talk about in there and um it is strange how you can go from a roman play through to the multiverse theory yeah and stop along the way yeah via via ape (laughs) take him to a gay bar um (laughs) but I do think it shows the deep level of mysteriousness that happens with all of this. And a doppelganger isn't just a doppelganger and possibly a haunting isn't a haunting. Yeah. There's there's a whole load of complexities happening here. And once you add in the, um, I suppose, the, the reliability or not of um, human reporting, particularly yeah. when you're talking about things hundreds of years ago, you kind of come out of it going, gosh, it could be any one of these things. But like you, I'm more fascinated by the things that are small and current and seem to have impacted people's lives in just very, very tiny ways. Yeah, simple ways. Yeah, definitely. Well, if you've got those jot stories, send them in and... Um Remember to like, subscribe, leave a review. We've had a few people leave some more reviews, so thank you anyone who's done that um, and anyone who gets in contact with us because we really do appreciate it when people do. And, um, yeah, well, one of us, one of our doppelganger selves will be here next time on The Quantum Mechanics. Hashtag gloves, not dogs. (laughs) See you later. See you later. the quantum mechanics.